Thank you for downloading this weekend sermon from Bangalore Revival Center. Our desire is to see you grow in your love and pursuit of God, causing you to become a channel of His love and grace to the people around you. Now let's listen to the Word of God. Are you all ready to receive the Word? Yes. Are we all happy, excited, eager, enthusiastic in every way? Yes. Yeah? Yes. Can we see some shouting, praising, rejoicing? For the Lord, yeah, for the Lord. So we've been in this uh, series of learning about the culture of the church and, and how the church has to respond to God. We've, we've spoken about the church being the body of Jesus. We've spoken about the church being the bride of Jesus. Yeah, we've spoken about how Jesus is ahead of the church. And this month we've been learning about how the church is the temple of the Holy Spirit. Yeah, you remember all that? Good. The temple of the Holy Spirit and, and in, this, in this topic about the church being the temple of the Holy Spirit, Pastor Jojo has already spoken about hosting the Holy Spirit, yeah, hosting the Holy Spirit and then we also learnt about last week, what did we learn? Absentees, sorry, building, building, right, building of the temple. How it, it says that if you are living in lavish houses, right? The, in the Old Testament, you see that David the, refuses to stay in the palace because he is pained by the fact that, Lord, you are living in a tent. I am living in a palace. I am not letting that happen. I am going to make a temple, a permanent residence for God. Yeah? So blank. But we're going to continue on that and we're going to go to, um, let's just go back to our main verse, the, the verse of the series, it is Matthew chapter 16, verse 18, it says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church and all the powers of hell will not conquer it. This rock is not Peter the rock. This rock is the revelation of the fact that Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is the groom. Jesus is the one on which we stand on. And on which the church is built. The church's foundation is laid. Upon that rock, the church will be built. And all the powers of hell will not conquer it. Yeah? Can we move to... to Psalms chapter 132 verse 14 because we're just going to do a recap of what we've already spoken about the temple being the being the brown highlights it is a home it is the resting place it is the resting place of God the temple is the home that is built for God to reside yeah and in 1st Corinthians when we come to the New Testament it says don't you realize that can you say it loudly so you convince yourself about it loudly and clearly in one voice okay ready one two three don't you realize that all of you together are the temple of God and that the Spirit of God lives in you. The Spirit of God 
lives in you. You know when the temple, the concept of the temple, the concept before the temple came was the tabernacle. The concept of the tabernacle came in the Old Testament. It was God telling the Israelites, I need a residence in and among you. I need a place to stay. Is there a place where you can host me? Yeah? And that is what you see in the Old Testament where the, where the tabernacle or the, or the tent of meeting, that is how Moses built it. It was just a tent of meeting where Moses and God used to have face-to-face -face encounters. Am I talking to someone right now? We've spoken about temple. We've spoken about all of us being the temple. We've spoken about the spirit of God living in us. And we are saying that the temple or this, this temple that this First Corinthians is talking about is representing the temple or the tabernacle in which Moses used to have face-to-face -face encounters with God. The spirit of God lives in you. Go to, go to Hebrews chapter 9 verses 1 and 2 and we're going to be learning all from Hebrews this time because it's, it's just a treasure trove. It's a treasure trove of, of um, like if you can go back and read 9 and 10 and in fact the whole book of Hebrews, it's like a treasure. You're going you're gonna to love it. Okay, So let's go to Hebrews chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. We're talking about the first covenant that came in the form of certain regulations. Okay, Can we read that verse? Hebrews chapter 9 verses 1 and 2. The first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place of worship here on earth. There were two rooms in that tabernacle. There were two rooms in the tabernacle, okay? Now, you should understand the fact that there is a tabernacle in heaven that is not made by human hands. And the tabernacle that is on earth is just a copy of it. It's there in the book of Hebrews, okay? It's just a copy of it. So every regulation or every instruction that was given to the people of Israel when God instructed them saying, make a tabernacle, bring this into it, make it of this shape, make it of this size, make it of this color, you know, it is all a copy of what is there in heaven. And everything that is supposed to take place in that tabernacle is what takes place in heaven. Are you interested in knowing what, what the tabernacle is all about? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so let's just finish reading this, okay? It says, there were two rooms in that tabernacle. In the first room were a lampstand, a table, and sacred loaves of bread on the table. This room was called the holy place, holy place. okay? Let's, let's, let's take a look at how this tabernacle used to look like, okay? Now, as you see in the, in the picture, there is an outer courtyard. There is, a, there is a boundary, then there is the outer courtyard, and in the outer courtyard, you would see two things there. Okay? One is called the altar, the bronze or the brazen altar. The second is called the bronze basin or the, or the bronze laver. Okay? Now, what used to happen in the outer courtyards was that 
you know there are all these regulations in in leviticus in numbers which talk about atoning for the sins done in ignorance or you know commit commitment of sins how to atone for them you know what the wages of sin is death but god did not want to transfer the death on the person committing the sin because that is how much he loved us yeah he he transferred the sin onto an animal and the animal used to be brought inside the animal used to be sacrificed and the animal used to be burnt upon that altar that you see there the brazen altar okay and the blood used to be taken because the blood is the remission of sins the blood now i want you to hold on to each detail of this tabernacle it is significant in the old testament it is significant in the new testament and it is significant in your afterlife when you go to heaven yeah so the the bronze altar used to have coal and they used to burn the flesh in on the on the uh the altar okay and the blood used to be taken inside you see there's there's a tent there it used to be taken inside the tent but before you go inside the tent there has to be some cleansing, cleansing. there's a basin it's a bronze basin okay and it's 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 got water in it and what do you do you there's a ceremonial cleaning or there's a ceremonial washing that has to take place before you get inside okay and after you get inside if you come to the next slide this is what is there inside the tent okay now you will see that there are three things inside the tent this place is called the holy place okay what was the outer area called outer courtyard or the sanctuary okay outer courtyard it's called the outer courtyard this is called the holy place now you should understand that nobody was allowed inside the tent except for the priests except for the priests we are talking about priests right now every person in israel used to stay outside the tent only the men that too there were so many regulations on the kind of men who could come inside you know and they had to be ceremonially clean they had to be of a particular age only they could come inside with the sacrifice they had to bring and they had to be they, they had to hand over everything like they are not in charge they are not in control what they had to do was they just had to hand the sacrifice over to the priest from here on everything that used to be done was done by the priest and the priests are not ordinary people they had to be born of a particular tribe they had to be sons of aaron they had to wear a particular uh, you know a uh, uh, costume sorry costume robe you know don't we'll not make it sound very funny it it was a robe and it it had gems attached on it and it was made of a particular kind of cloth there were so many stipulations and regulations when it came to being a priest and again not everybody of the levites could be priests it had to be sons of aaron yeah and then if you've uh you know if you're unclean or if you're defiled if you have a sickness if you have some rash on your skin you're not allowed inside 
only the purest of the pure, technically, had to take the responsibility of taking this blood that is in the cup in which, you know, they, they, took, they, they just killed an animal outside, right? They, they, yeah, they, they used to collect that blood and used to bring it inside. Now, what do you see there? There is an altar of incense, there is the lampstand and there is the table of showbread. Now, this blood used to be, used to be sprinkled onto the altar. That altar has four horns. It, they used to sprinkle the blood on that altar. And they used to uh, burn incense once a day. This incense had to be burnt once a day. And that menorah or the lampstand that you see, you, you must have seen it in all the, all the Hebrew calendars. And, you know, in Hebrew culture, the menorah is considered very important. Yeah? That lampstand had to be trimmed, had to be taken care of. You remember we've spoken about lampstands before? Yes. Have we? Yes. Hello. Yes. Selected yes and no's from the regular people. Yes. We've, we've learned about lampstands, right? We've learned about the significance of lamps, right? We've learned about proper lamps. This is a lampstand, like the, the barp of all the lamps, okay? It's like the father of all the lamps. So, this is a big, it, it looks small, but it's actually not. It's, it's like probably my height. It's really big. And it's got these, uh, you know, there are these seven branched ones, there are nine branched ones. So, this lampstand that you see here, it had to be taken care of. It had to be trimmed. It had to be full of oil. The, the lamp should not die out. The fire in it should not die out. Those were the, the, the duties of the priests who used to work. Technically, the priests did not have any fancy job to do. All they had to do was clean the place. They used to serve. It was a place of serving. The priests used to serve. All that they had to do was make sure that there is no dust inside. They used to live in the desert, right? Living in Bangalore itself, it's such a pain when the one rain comes and all the dust is inside the house and then you're going on sweeping, mopping, dusting, cleaning, you know. Imagine living in the desert and there is a tent and there is God residing in that tent and you have to keep it clean, okay? So the priests used to have one job and that was not just one job, but one of the main jobs was to make sure that the temple was attended to, was taken care of. This is the holy place. In the altar of incense, there used to be incense that was kept and once a day, they had to burn the incense once a day, okay? The lamp had to be burning all the time, day and night and night and day, day and night and night and day. There should never be a time when the lamp goes out, okay? And then you see the table of showbread. Sometimes it's spelled as S-H-E-W, but you know, it's just for the sake of pronunciation. So the showbread or the shoebread means the bread of presence. It was the bread that was unleavened, there was no yeast added, it was baked, it had certain measurements, you cannot just bring in any bread, you know, today we find pav, tomorrow we find sweet bun, bring it, no, not like that, it had, it had significance, there was, 
I am telling you all this because all of it, you know, God didn't think up a plan, okay, like Ekta Kapoor makes cereals, no? Come on, let's make something, let's make something fun today, you know? Let's make a tabernacle. Uh, we will have showbread. No, not like that, you know? Everything, everything that was in the tabernacle, the, the walls were made of solid gold. There was never a time in the holy or the mo in the holy place when it will be dark. Can you imagine if this entire hall is built of gold? Can you imagine? Can you imagine that? Bring all your coffers here. We will make it happen. <laughs> this entire hall, if the wall, if the ceiling, if the ground is made of gold, and then if you light a candle. This entire place is going to light up. Imagine what a big menorah can do. At that place never saw darkness. And, and if, you've, if you've, you know, probably been Christian long enough, if you've, if you've heard sermons long enough, if you've read the Bible long enough, you'll know that in heaven, there is no darkness. In heaven, there is no night. In heaven, there is Jesus, who is the light, is the source of light. There will be no need for a sun or a moon. So, all that I'm saying is, every little detail of this tabernacle is carefully planned, was made for a purpose, was made for a reason. Now, one more thing that you will see in this holy place. Come on, look into the diagram. Tell me, what do you see? A veil or a curtain. It looks nice and small there, right? Can I tell you the measurements? It's a little tricky because we've, you know, different versions give you different, uh, not versions, different, um, like when you try to convert cubits into meters or inches, and it's giving you different, um, different measurements. But just for the sake of reference, 30 to 35 feet long. Okay, 35 feet long. Long would mean from there to, you know, 30, 35 feet long and 15 feet high. Just an approximation. That was the curtain that used to, and, and some say it was not thick, some say it was thick, but there are, um, you know, there are, again, different versions or different translations that say between one inch to four inch thick, the curtain. Okay, now this was the curtain that used to separate the holy place that you see here from the most holy place. That is what you see there. The most holy place. Now, these are all diagrams. We cannot even imagine the inside of a tabernacle. It was so grand. It was so big. It was, it's not even something that you can, you know, probably put into pictures. So there was a curtain that used to separate the holy place from the most holy place. It's called the holy of the holies. You know why? You know why? What was inside it? God was residing inside it. And there was the Ark of the Covenant with the angel on top. And that, that Ark of the Covenant used to fill that holy place and there used to be the presence of God residing in that most holy place 
How cool is that? Now, I want you to understand that this tabernacle, did we read, did we read that, um, that verse that said that this was the place of worship? Did we just read in Hebrews chapter 9? Wait, I'll read it for you. Hebrews chapter 9, we did that, right? Verses 1 and 2. It says, The first covenant between God and Israel had regulations for worship and a place for worship. The tabernacle was not just the place of God residing. It was not just the resting place of God. It was also a place of worship. It was also a place of worship. It is the kind of worship that we should be bringing into this house right now. Can I tell you how? You remember all the things that were there? From the outer courtyard into, in, into, the, into the holy place? Go to that slide. Okay, so this tabernacle is the place of worship. And in the outer courtyard, what do you see? Come on, come on, quickly. I, I always take longer than usual for my sermons. This is going to only make it longer. Yeah, tell me. Okay, you see the tent and you see the outer courtyard. In the outer courtyard, you remember there were two things? What were the two things? The brazen altar and? The wash basin, okay? Now the brazen altar, it represents sacrifice. And the bronze basin, it represents the? sanctification, the cleansing or the purification. Now, if worship is not doing that to you, if worship is not bringing a sacrifice, you know, worship, when you worship, it's not, you know, sometimes I've heard, I don't personally agree to that, but I've heard worship leaders saying, did you enjoy the worship? Chin, 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 chin. Worship is not for us to enjoy. Did you have a good time in worship? Chin, 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 chin. Worship is not for us to have a good time. You see, in, in this tabernacle form, everything was happening towards God. And so, does it have to be in worship? Everything has to be towards God. When you come to worship, if you don't find your type of songs being sung in church, if you don't see your type of instruments being played in church, if you don't see the worship leader being of your style and of your kind, it's not for you. Did you know that? The Levites were not asked to live in that, you know, the Levites had a lot of privilege, except for the fact that they did not own any land. They got all the privileges, okay? Now, they did not get privileges so that they can sit and, you know, gloat about it and have a good time about it and let's party, I got two kilos of chicken today. No, that's not what the Levites were supposed to do. The Levites had the sole purpose of serving the Lord in every way. Okay, so sacrifice and sanctification. I am talking to a bunch of royal priesthoods. I am talking to some royal priests. The Levitical priests who were sons of Aaron had a certain job to do. And we just need to check, are we doing that job? Yeah? 
are we doing that job good enough? So in the outer courtyard, you had these things that represented sacrifice and sanctification. Sanctification means cleansing. When you come to worship, do you come with a, a bag of guilt? Like a bag of burden? What happened in the whole week? Lord, you know what my boss told me? Do you know he didn't pay me well enough? You know, we have so many, so many bags to carry when we come to church. But as much as God enjoys listening to you, don't make it a place of your complaints. Don't make it a place of your whinings. <laughs> Thanks, Rosa. It's nice to have children around you. Very nice. Till the time they start whining. Once or twice is okay, you know, they tell you something you want to meet their needs, yes. You know? But if, just imagine, if they start relating to you only for ATM, uh, friends are going out, you know, if they have to do that. Yeah, after that a parent starts feeling the burden. But thankfully our God is not like any of us, right? Our God is not like any earthly father or any, any earthly mother. He is much beyond that. But then, if our attitude can stink up the entire attitude of this, of this hall, then might as well not do it, right? Because now we're going into the altar. Now we're getting inside the holy of holies. No, sorry, the most holy place, okay? Give me the next slide. Okay, so... Hebrews chapter 9, verses 6 and 7. When these things were all in place, this is, this is what I was just explaining to you, okay? The priests regularly entered the first room as they performed their religious duties, but only the high priest ever entered the most holy place. We'll come to that a little later. Let's go, let's go to the next slide. We'll come back to this slide, yeah? Okay, in the Holy of Holies, you will see that it was a tent. It was not open for anybody to walk in. What was it? It was separated, it was closed, right? It was, it was a tent which had a door, so not everybody could walk in like that. In the holy, in the, in the holy place, there, there was a time of separation. Yeah? Then there were the altar of incense, and then there was the lampstand, and then there was the, the showbread. Now, the altar of incense, it talks about intercession, rising. Yeah? When, you, when you burn something, the smoke doesn't go down, right? It goes up. It's supposed to go up. That smoke is supposed to go up and fill that room. So this used to show intercession. So in worship, there is also a time of intercession that goes up. Okay? Then you come to the lampstand. Okay, let's, let's talk about the bread of... Uh, the, 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 tab the, all, the table of showbread. Okay? This bread that was there... It had to be taken, it had to be eaten by the priests who, who were serving in the temple. When you eat something, what do you do? You nourish yourself, right? You nourish yourself. It's a time of edification. It's a time of nourishment. So this table used to show the bread or the bread that shows edification, the bread that shows Nutrition going into you. Your time of worship, if it is not edifying you, or if it is not edifying, if, you're, if you are the one leading worship, if it is not edifying another person, need to go back and think. 
What is our worship all about? Yeah? Then you go to the lampstand. The lampstand that is supposed to be lighted 24-7. It talks about enlightenment. Yeah? Now, do you remember who used to perform all these things? Priests? Who are the priests? Sons of Aaron. Out of like millions and millions of Israelites, the sons of Aaron are a handful, select few who got the privilege of worship. Am I talking to some of you? Yes. Among the, you know, it was, it was a nation, Israel by itself, when it did not have a, a boundary line, it was a, it was a nation because it was so many people. Among those so many people, only a handful could come into this Holy of Holies for the purpose of worship. And guess what? It didn't even stop at that. There is a big curtain that is stopping them from the most holy place. Go back to the previous verse because I want to read that. In, in Hebrews chapter 9 verses 6 and 7. I think we'll start from 7. But only the high priest ever entered the most holy place and only once a year. No, I'm, talk, I'm reading from 6 and 7, the verse before that. Only the high priest used to enter most... What does it say? Yeah, the high priest used to enter the most holy place once a year. Once a year. And he always offered blood for his own sins and for the sins the people had committed in ignorance. Now you should understand this. This man is selected by lords. You should, if you read uh, John the Baptist story, where Zechariah met God face to face, not, not God, the angel face to face. Yeah. Now, you know, you know how fearfully and how tremblingly these, this high priest used to get inside the most holy place. You cannot just walk in because it's a big long curtain. You remember? 15 feet high, 30 feet, feet wide, some you know, one inch, four inch thick curtain. You cannot even just walk in like that. You cannot accidentally put your you know, elbow inside and check the temperature inside. No. If you do, you are struck dead. Because that is the holiness our God lives in. There can be no way in which you can get inside. First, you have to be a priest. Then you have to, you, I mean, first you have to be a Levite. Then you have to be a priest because you have to be the sons of Aaron. Now you have to be the high priest. You have to be the high priest to get inside the most holy of holies. You know, I know it's too much details. I'll, we'll come to that gradually, okay? I'll tell you why. Now, this most, this high priest used to go inside with a belt that had bells on it. And when he would be performing, he would make sure the bells are ringing. Because sometimes what used to happen was they used to be struck dead. And, and this belt was tied to a rope and all the priests outside used to be standing with that rope. You know why? Because if he's, if he's struck dead, he will die there and nobody will be going, nobody will be able to go inside and pull him out, take him out, retrieve him. He, that will not happen. So the high priest would tie a belt of bells and the bells are jingling. Yeah? And it's tied to a big rope and the rope is coming out of under the curtain. And this man is, you know, dancing to make sure that 
to tell you know to tell the tell the priests who are standing outside it's okay i'm alive i'm alive i know this is a very scary place to be in but my god is holy you know <laughs> and he's worshiping can you imagine sorry can you imagine he is face to face with the presence of god any man would just go prostrate you know this god's presence is so awesome it's so wonderful i am back in the day nobody really had the access to god and by some chance if that man falters and he dro drops dead the bell stop clanging and these guys just have to pull the dead body out now i'm i'm saying that worship worship you know when church starts at 10 we arrive at 10:30 so that some amount of songs are over by then we just come to hear the word worship worship god the first covenant god made with the israelites was regarding worship and a place of worship and that is why when your praise goes up his rain comes down every song that we sang today was so prophetic when our praise goes up his rains come down because everything has to do with the the uh, what we have to give god everything depends on that everything depends on the attitude of our hearts when we say that you are riding on our praises be enthroned as we lift you up you are making a throne for jesus to sit on our praises on our worship on on this altar you know on, on the on the incense that is rising up come on guys i thought some of you will be really excited to know that this the first covenant that god made with the israelites had everything to do with come on say it out loud it had everything to do with worship and the place of worship but the catch is that it was not given to everybody nobody had access to worship the first covenant that god made with the israelites was regarding worship was regarding the place of worship but you had to be chosen and selected and sanctified and purified and cleansed and edified and all of that to be able to be in the presence of god and worship there was a curtain that used to be drawn from man and god yeah come on hebrews chapter 9 verse 3 i want you to draw all your attention to this curtain okay what does it say hebrews chapter 9 verse 3 there was a curtain and behind the curtain was the second room called the most holy place hebrews 9 7 and 8 go go to the, go to the next verse only the high priest ever entered the most holy place what does it say it says holy spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open as long as the tabernacle and the system it represented were still in use so what what happened how did the 
old, um, like old covenant. What happened to the old covenant? How did we come? Now it's saying that Holy Spirit revealed that the entrance to the most holy place was not freely open to use, but now it is. So what happened? Yeah. When Jesus died, the veil tore open. When Jesus died, the veil, it tore open. You know why? Who was Jesus? Hmm? Most High God. Come on, tell me, what do you know about Jesus? He's the Son of God. God Himself, Savior, yes. Did someone say that? Lamb of God. He is the Lamb of God. Do you know when Jesus died? Good Friday. Yeah, it is not Good Friday. He died on the Sabbath, I mean on the Passover before the Sabbath. Okay, now have you heard about the Passover lamb? You know, they bring a lamb. We just, we just saw, right, how the sacrifice and everything happens. The Passover lamb has to be a male. It has to be unblemished, which means that there has to be no, no impurity. Okay, there has to be no spot. It has to be absolutely clean. Okay, the Passover lamb has to be a male, has to be unblemished, has to have no injury on it. Okay, and this lamb is taken outside and it is cut and the blood is shed you know what time at three o'clock at three o'clock in the afternoon this is supposed to happen does it ring any bells you know what time the curtain tore Do you know what time jesus died it was at three o'clock in the afternoon when Jesus was born, I wish I could read you that reference, but it's too much details, okay? When Jesus was born and the angels are going to talk about the, um, the good news where they say that uh, 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 a savior has been born to us. You know the one detail that they give him? He is swaddled. He is wrapped and he's swaddled and he is lying in the manger. You know why that, that, that is so significant? Do you know why? You know, you know in, we've read the Christmas story so many times that we just take it in passing that it is a child, of course you will swaddle it, of course you will keep it in a good place. No. You know what it says? It is swaddled in strips of linen. When you, when you have a baby, you try swaddling him in strips. He'll look like a mummy after that. There is a big, big, big significance. And, and this, this, you know, this message, it went straight to the shepherds because God knew the shepherds would understand. You know why? At when the, you know, the, okay, tell me, what were these shepherds doing? What were the shepherds doing? What's the job of a shepherd? Taking care of sheep. Taking care of sheep. What is the significance of sheep? Oh, wool, okay. Good meat, okay. Sacrifice? Huh? Via. You like mutton biryani? <laughs> Elena sometimes comes up with these awesome answers. I love them because I can take her case after that. 
she i asked what is the significance of sheep she said we which means you kill the sheep and you eat mutton biryani i don't know <laughs> okay wait i'll tell you why this tabernacle or the temple is an established system in israel every passover they have to sacrifice a lamb this lamb you remember what this lamb has to be male one year old male unblemished without any spots without any cripple okay now when jesus was born the angels went and told the shepherds a savior has been born who is who is wrapped in strips of linen you know what you know what used to happen when the sheep used to give birth to 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 young uh, to the young ones they the shepherds used to be around to check if it's a male or a female if it's a female they let they let the you know they, they it's normal if it's a male and they check the sheep first you know check the lamb first they check is it is it okay is it without any blemish if you if they see that it is all right they wrap it in strips of linen you know why because when they place it after that this 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 lamb should not you know how lambs are right when they are born they are so supercharged up they are like full of energy they just want to jump everywhere and and their legs are not steady they go fall somewhere they go scratch themselves an unblemished lamb is gone what would the shepherds do they would take the lamb if it's a male lamb and to make sure that there are no blemishes that there is no injury that there is no not even a scratch it they used to wrap the lamb in strips of linen and they used to place it in the in that in that box so that they can sell it later for sacrifice and when jesus was born the first thing that the only identification that the angels told the shepherds was a savior has been born he's wrapped in strips of cloth you know even in his birth god was talking about his death he is the lamb of god he is the lamb of god he is the light of the world he is the one who comes to cleanse our sins he is the lamb of god that's why he is on the sacrifice he is the bread of life our prayers are like incense a worship was redefined when jesus came on earth and what happens to this lamb of god what do you what happens to this passover lamb they cut and they take the blood and they put it on the altar for the for the remission of sins basically it was jesus blood it was jesus blood because we never understand imagine if one of your friends who does not know anything about christianity has to come and ask you what what was that all about on the cross he bled and died how does that help anything at all like you know you can just do some good works and 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 be a nice person right be a good person how many of you have um, encountered such questions go and be honest no your friends have never asked you anything then you're not uh, you're not being a good evangelist yeah 
when your friend comes and asks you, you know, it's it's actually a point of doubt. Why why did God go through all that? Why did Jesus go through all that pain and die on the cross and shed his blood? How does shedding of blood take our sins away? Because the standard or the principle of God is the wages of sin is death. And it's only the blood of Jesus that gets the remission of sins. Earlier in the Old Testament days, there was only a foreshadow of what was to come. Every time they cut a lamp, every time they shed blood, it was in the eager expectation that a savior would come who would abolish the entire thing by the perfect sacrifice that he would attain. So every person in, in history Okay, so every person in the Israelite nation to whom God had given the, the covenant saying you belong to me, everybody used to come into the tabernacle with the eager anticipation that at one day, at one point, I will not have to go back to this again and again. Go, go to the next verse. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1. It says, the old system under the law of Moses was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things to come, not the good things themselves. The sacrifices under that system were repeated again and again, year after year, but they were never able to provide perfect cleansing for those who came to worship. Go to verse number 2. If they could have provided perfect cleansing, the sacrifices would have stopped. For the worshippers would have been purified once for all time and their feelings of guilt would have disappeared. Go to 3 and 4. But instead, come on. Oh my God, oh my God, what a revelation, right? What a re the good things in the Old Testament did, was not the standard of good things. It was only a shadow, a dim preview of the good things that were supposed to come. That was supposed to come. So they always used to look ahead as to, oh, at some point, my Savior will come. At some point, there will be a remission from all of this, all these rituals, all these, all these, you know, things that I'm doing year after year, time and again, again and again. It's not giving me a break. It's not breaking my bondage once and for all. It's only making me reminded of all the sins that I have done year after year because the blood of bulls and goats do not. Come on. The blood of bulls and goats do not take away sins. And there had to be a solution for this. There had to be a solution for this. In Hebrews chapter 10, verses 9, 10 and 12, this is, this is what it says. Then he said, look, I have come to do your will, which means God's will. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect. For God's will for us was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. 
but our high priest offered himself to God single sacrifice for sins God good for all time then he sat down in the place of honor you know if if an infinite god had to be made into the form of a finite human if he had to come into the realm of time from from a dimension where there is no time you know in heaven there is no time day and night was created on earth by god let there be seasons let there be the sun let there be the moon time the dimension of time was created on earth which is why we can never see our entire lifeline our lifetime sorry we cannot see when we were born when you know we got baptized then when we got married then when we got our children baptized then when we died the entire timeline we cannot see it because we are inside that timeline but when god sees it he sees from outside the timeline you understand that which is why when he does something from the heavenly realms he has complete control over your entire timeline that is why what was done 2000 years ago was not for people 2000 years ago it was for people 2000 years later his sacrifice is alive his sacrifice acts as our judge his sacrifice acts as our spokesperson in heaven because god is beyond time and you know you know when all that happened in matthew come on matthew chapter 27 verses 50 and 51 it says then jesus shouted out again and he released his spirit at that moment the curtain in the sanctuary of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom come on guys come on people can you believe that it was not bedsheet that you can tear open like that it was a 30 feet wide 15 feet high 1 inch to 4 inch thick curtain that was torn into the moment jesus gave up his spirit that was the sacrifice that could bring in a communion between god and man you know in everything in everything that our israelite ancestors did in the tabernacle everything spoke about worship there was not there was one thing that was missing you know what it was communion with god there was something missing in that in that worship and that was communion with god because nobody absolutely nobody was allowed inside the most holy place and it says that even the high priest used to first the the high priest used to um, atone for his own sins first before he could atone for somebody else we are sending an equally uh, you know worthless person inside the most holy place what's the point and the blood of bulls and goats could never never reconcile the lost relationship that that man lost in the garden of eden with god 
There was only one supreme sacrifice. There was only one clean sacrifice that tore the curtain from top to bottom. It was not even like, okay, I'm going to tear it from the bottom. No, it was not even like that. From the top to the bottom because it was an act from heaven. It was, it was God saying, I love you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him shall not perish but have eternal life. At the time that Jesus gave up his spirit, the curtain was rent in two. And that is why you sang today, tear the fabric open. Tear the fabric open. You know, it was, it was not even decided that, that, that we're going to talk on the same things. It's the work of the Holy Spirit when he led the worship leader to sing, tear the fabric open and let the preacher to preach, tear the fabric open. It is your job now. Tear the fabric open in your own hearts. In your worship, tear that fabric open. Nobody got the, nobody got the privilege and the access that you are getting to be in the presence of God. Nobody got that back in the day and God has teared the fabric open so he could come out and he could take you up by your hand and he could have communion with you the question is are you ready it is a culture of communion go to the next verse Hebrews chapter 10 verse 19 so dear brothers and sisters we can boldly come on say that loudly boldly say it boldly boldly enter heaven's most holy place because of the blood of Jesus. Can I tell you something? Can I tell you something? You are no less than the most high priest. You are no less. You are no less worthy. You are no, you are, you are no less, you know, like, I don't know, I don't even know how to say it. You don't have to run to the pastor for prayer requests. You don't have to, you know, feel like a victim. That is the lie of the enemy. Of course, there is great power in intercession. And that is why the church does not begin and end with the pastor. It begins and ends with the, the church, the body of Jesus, that is you and me. There is great power in intercession. Pastor is not the head of the church. Jesus is the head of the church. And that is why it says, dear brothers and sisters, it talks to both. Dear brothers and sisters, we can go boldly. boldly. Say that out loud. Boldly. 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 You can enter into the heaven's most holy place. Remember, there is a most holy place in heaven, the throne of God. And there is nothing that disqualifies you from going there. Because God has rent the curtains open. Hebrews chapter 10 verse 20. What does that say? By his death and life giving way. Not the way that reminds you of your sins time and again. Not the one that requires you to, uh, you know, to feel guilty time and again. Not the one that condemns you time and again. But the one that gives life to you. Come on people. You guys are so not enthusiastic and so not eager and so not excited. 
I am telling you that this death was once and for all and it is a life-giving way. It is a what does what is the, the sacrifice of the blood of bulls and goats do to you? It reminds you again and again. What does this one do to you? It gives you life. It doesn't put you in that, in that coma where you are still stuck in the past, but it brings you to new life. That is why you are born again. You are born again. You are born into a new life. Oh. Hebrews 10, 21 and 22. And since we have a great high priest who rules over God's house, let us go right into the presence of God with sincere hearts, fully trusting Him for our guilty consciences have been sprinkled with Christ's blood to make us clean and our bodies have been washed with pure water. Go to 14 and 15. Hebrews chapter 4 verses 14 and 15. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus the Son of God, let us hold firmly to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all of the same testings we do, yet he did not sin. Go to the next verse. How do you say this? Let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive His mercy and we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. Oh my God. Can we just, can we just stand up on our feet and, and, and thank God for this culture of communion. It is a communion that God has brought into our lives when He rend the curtains apart he he tore open the curtain and said you have fresh access you have fresh communion you are made worthy we hope you are refreshed and strengthened by the word of god if you want to know more about god or have a question you would like to ask or even a prayer request you would like to share do connect with us at dreamingrevival.com be our guest for one of our services here at Bangalore Revival Center on Saturdays at 7 p.m. or Sundays at 11 a.m.